I could not help as I was thinking about what to title the message that the phrase hold the fort is most appropriate today. And I decided to look into the story, into the greater details of what happened that day. How a small army was able to withstand the barrage of the Confederate army. The story is amazing. As we look in the story, we find it was called the Battle of Alatoona Pass. Alatoona Pass was where more than a million rations were being held to sustain the Union Army. And the Confederate Army knew that if they could take their rations, they would not have sufficient food to sustain them in the battle. So they decided on the morning of October 5th, 1864, a battle began about 7 a.m. as the Confederate Army began to barrage, to hit the Union Army with everything it had. Historically, they said that they had turned their 12-pound bronze Napoleon guns and began firing relentlessly at the Union Army. The attack was fierce. And the Union Army, under the command of General John M. Corse, said to his small brigade, hold on. We cannot afford to lose our rations. This would mean the end of our sustaining power. This would mean the fall of the Union Army. But they wondered, how long could they hold the fort? How long could they sustain themselves against this barrage from the Confederate Army? Because they were getting closer and the munitions were going down and they wondered. But as I read the story, something that really came to me that I saw as a transitioning point between what happened then and what's happening today in the Christian church. The one writing the story said, when they were feeling like giving up, suddenly an officer in the Union Army caught sight of a small white signal flag, the one that was held here today. And they said, because the mountain was about 20 miles away, but the mountain was high enough for, for them to see the flag signaling and as they read the signal, the message was, hold the fort, I am coming. And then they said, I think we could do it. I think we can hold the fort because reinforcements were coming. The reinforcements they were waiting for was from General William Sherman, the commander of the United States Army. And they arrived just as they said they would and they withstood the battlement of the Confederate Army. You know, brothers and sisters, today, there is another call from our heavenly commander, Jesus Christ. And that call is in the midst of the barrage the church is going through in the last days. The call is the very same thing. Hold the fort. What is the call? Hold the fort. The battle is fierce. The enemy is hitting us with everything that he possibly can and God is saying to us today through the person of Christ, hold the fort. That's why the passage I read today is in Revelation 3, verse 10 and 11. The Bible says, because you have kept my command to persevere. What we need more than any other time in our history is the ability to persevere. Persevere through what? When I think of what my wife and I went through out there in California just the last couple of weeks, there were days when we had to persevere, and 
Those of you that were part of the production team know what we were going through. One evening as I was preaching, the power just shut down. In the middle of our sermon, we lost our feed to the on-air audience. And we went from complete ease to immediate panic as people were wondering what happened. Did the church lose power? Did what happened? And we came to find out that one of our pieces of equipment had overheated and failed. And we said, well, my wife knew instantly because she was monitoring the on-air feed from 3ABN. And it went from me preaching to a bunch of flowers. And she said, something happened. And we paused and I prayed and we said, Lord, get us back on the air. And our crew was doing everything they possibly could. And Jorge and, and Brad and everybody was in the back trying to figure out what to do next. They said, the room is hot. It's overheating. We didn't anticipate that. What do we do? And we said, well, as of now, we've been off the air so long, there's no way that I can continue on air and finish this sermon. But we said to the audience, if you would stay, I would preach the rest of the sermon, but you have to stay. And they said we would stay. And it was like when Gideon put forth the challenge of the 32,000 men. How many of you want to go home and how many would stay? The majority stayed and just a small group went home. So I began the sermon again. And as I was preaching the sermon again, they said, start from the 32-minute mark. We're going to count down from there. I went from 32 minutes to 22 minutes and the power cut again. In the middle of my sermon, they said, what happened? And Jorge was dealing with it as best he could, but he went, it cut again. But I remained calm and I said, well, we're going to get this done no matter what happens. And the pastor became a little inventive and I said, pastor, you need to do something special for those that endure to the end. He took all their names and he said, we're going to have a special meal, a special day to give all of those of you that stayed to the very end, we're going to give you something in appreciation. And I was preaching again. They said, okay, let's go again. They said, if we could get the message done, we can at least upload it in time so that the on-air audience could see the feedback on 3ABN or the repeat on 3ABN. So I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. I get down to the 16-minute mark, it goes off again. But I could hear, as I'm equating to the story, hold the fort, persevere, persevere. So they opened the doors. They brought this large, huge fan that was about to blow everyone away in the control room. Massive orange fan, looked like an airplane propeller. And uh, they put the blankets on. They said, cool the equipment down. And everyone was holding his or her collective breath as I was preaching. Even I was. And what I was amazed by is when the sermon was done, Jorge said to me, he said, what was amazing is not that you just finished the sermon, but you kept up your energy as though nothing happened. And I did not notice that. And I said, friends, it was not me, but it was the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. So the Lord gave us the impetus when, when we ended and the sermon was over, everyone said amen, not necessarily because the message was good, but because we endured to the end. And then the very next day, I understand what it means to hold the fort. The Bible says, behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one take your crown. So the very next day, 
we came and was preaching again. And this evening, I was preaching on washing away the past, giving your life to Christ. And I was in the middle of describing sin in all of its forms and how our lives can be changed. And the lady stood up and said, I have a testimony. And we're live on air. I have a testimony, she says. I need answers. I need answers. What's the answer? What's the answer to sin? I said, sister, hold on. The answer is coming. To appreciate the answer, you have to understand the problem. But what's the answer? And just then, a little dog began to bark. In the back row, right in front of her, a little dog began to bark. And she sat down and petted the dog until they can get her out of the audience. <laughs> and praise the Lord, the second night, I understood what it, mean to, what it meant to endure and to hold on. The third evening when I came, I was... I came pretty upset because I came to find out that evening that 3ABM was being bombarded with emails that I'm a Jesuit, I work for Rome, I'm a Mason, and I want to tell you, my human nature got angry, and I came to church really upset. I got there late, and I thought, how could this be? And I realized whenever you're proclaiming the gospel, the enemy pulls out all of his guns, his 12-pound uh, uh, guns begin to hit us with all he had, but the pastor said, he said, if, if, if the meeting was not going well, the devil would not be angry. Consider that as a compliment. So Pastor Finley, Pastor Ted Wilson, Doug Batchelor, and I were all labeled as Masons. And I'm so glad to see that we are horrible Masons. We preach against darkness. Can you say amen? amen. We preach, we uphold Christ, and we were preaching that evening. And the Lord was working in amazing ways because after the meeting that night, a young man came to me and he said, just the night before, a young gentleman who was Baptist all of his life, he said, I, I, I heard that the meeting was two miles away from where I work, and I decided to come. And he came to me very, young man, very suspicious. He had on a cap. He wouldn't smile. He looked at me sideways and just would not smile no matter what. He asked me all these questions, and he ended by saying, I don't think that God listens to me any longer. I was Raised in the Baptist church at 17, I was excited about Christ. I would go from door to door. But I had two pastors who never paid any attention to me. And I don't think that God has any plans for my life. And I said, yes, he does. That's why he sent you here. And I sat down and spoke with him about a half an hour. And um, gave him my phone number. I took his phone number. I said, if God did not hear your prayer, you would not be here. God's timing is always best. So hold on. The very next night when I was preaching the sermon, wash away, washing away the past, and I made it a call to give their lives to Christ, that young man came forward. And he said, his face was completely different. His eyes were bright. His face, it was as though a, a light was shining directly on his face. My wife has a picture of him. His name was uh, Mario Martinez. And I said, Mario, you, he said, he said, the night before, he said, I'm not getting baptized again. I was baptized twice already. I'm not getting baptized anymore. And I made a call for baptism, and he came forward. He said, you know what you did to me tonight? He said, tonight you gave me back my hope. You let me know that there is still room for me. And he said, I want to say something. And I know now why they tried to prevent me from coming to an Adventist church. I said, who tried to prevent you? He said, my church said they're cults. He said, but I know why they told me that you're a cult. Because they did not want me to hear such a beautiful message about Christ Jesus. He said, but I said, I, he said, I thought I'd never say this. And no, no reflection on anybody's beliefs. But I'm saying what Mario said. He said, I thought I'd never say this. 
I'm more Seventh-day Adventist than I'm Baptist. And I said, well, that's what God has convicted you with. Praise the Lord. And now he's getting ready for baptism. Can you say amen? And so many others, young people, older people, people that came to the meetings, I never saw God's Spirit poured out in such a way, right, right Jorge, at, at that church. And I look back on the meeting of two weeks, and my wife and I, so much was happening. After one week, it said it seemed like we were here a month fighting through so many difficult things. But I could hear today, hold the fort. Hold the fort. I am coming. My brothers and sisters today, God is calling us to hold the fort. Persevere. He that endures to the end shall be saved. And we can see, as it were, through the eye of faith, if we would look beyond the challenges of our day, look beyond the political rhetoric, look beyond the difficulty our church is facing, look beyond the, the doctrinal attacks from outside ministries, look beyond all the things we're facing, we can see today God is saying, hold the fort. Let me encourage you today. Yes, to show how God solved the problem. You know, before we call, God said he'll do what? He'll answer. So how do we solve our problem with the electricity? And maybe some of you are asking yourself the question. Let me tell you a miraculous story. That day as we were trying to figure out how to fix the problem with our equipment, I said, well, you know, there's got to be. We're in the city. There has to be an electrician somewhere. Ask the pastor. So the next morning, Brad Walker is in the hallway of the hotel getting on the elevator and he meets a guy on the elevator that's visiting from out of town from Los Angeles for some meetings. And he gets to talking and he finds out that the guy is an electrician in the entertainment industry who understands about the equipment we have. Coincidental? No. Providential. And Brad is telling him about what our problem was. And he said, well, take me to your site. And show me what the issue is. So while this man is there for his own meetings, he goes to the church. They walk him through all the equipment. He makes all the recommendations. He goes through the entire church, checks all the, all the circuitry and the systems and the breakers. He gives them directions on how to reroute the wires and how to plug things different places to lower the power surge, to lower the, the demand on the electricity. And I want to tell you, when I came that evening and heard that story, it reminded us again that in the midst of all the battles we face, God always has reinforcements. Amen. That night, they said, well, we got to pay you. How can, we, how can we pay you? And the guy said, well, I'm a Christian. I haven't paid tithe for a long time. So consider this by my donation. And he wrote them a bill for zero dollars. Can you say Amen. See, while we're in the midst of the battle, God is saying, hold on, reinforcements are on the way. And so today, in the book, Fundamentals of Christian Education, you know, first the wise man Solomon says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Today, I believe, outside of the righteousness of Christ, the most important commodity that the enemy is trying to steal from us in our rations, he's trying to take the truth of God's word from us. In the book, Fundamentals of Christian Education, we are told, error of every character is now exalted as truth. 
And it is our duty earnestly to search the sacred word that we may know what is truth and be able to intelligently present it to others. We're not only presenting Christ, but Christ wants us to present the truth of his word. And I saw there, as I was reminded, and I want to tell you, I've had a lot of evangelistic series, but we've had more difficulty on this one because God really poured out his spirit. On that last Sabbath morning when I made another call again, people were coming, the aisles were filled to the right and to the left and to the front to give their lives to Christ. My brothers and sisters, we can praise God for the veterans. But there are other veterans today that are not here. The veteran named Paul the Apostle. He says to his young man, Timothy, he said to them in his day, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Today, the most important commodity we have outside of Jesus Christ is the truth. Truth fell in the face of a lie, but truth will triumph in the face of a lie. Sin came into the world through a lie, but sin will be defeated on the foundation of truth. Can you say amen? amen. So today, I end by saying, hold the fort. Hold the fort, because the days are coming that the very truth that people are ignoring today, they're going to desire to find it. But the Bible is saying, behold, the days are coming that there will be a famine in the land, not for bread and water, but for the hearing of the word of God. So today, as we look forward to celebrating what has been done, the men and women that gave their lives, do not forget the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ, who gave his life not only to preserve our freedoms and our liberties, not only to open the door to salvation, but to send us forth as troops in the midst of the final battle to proclaim liberty and freedom to the entire world. So today, as John the Revelator said, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. John Calvin said it this way, and I leave you with these words. Why is truth important? John Calvin said, a dog, a dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw God's truth being attacked and would remain silent. My brothers and sisters, God is saying to us, hold the fort Proclaim Jesus, buy the truth and do not sell it. And as the songwriter said, fierce and long the battle rages, but we do not fear. Help will come whenever it's needed. Cheer, my comrades, cheer. Hold the fort, for we are coming. Union men be strong, side by side, keep pressing onward. Victory soon will come. My brothers and sisters, hold the fort. Can you say that with me? What are the words? Hold the the fort. Let us pray. Our gracious Father in heaven, we're standing in the midst of a battle today that's raging for our political minds, for our social minds, 
for the minds of our young, for the minds of husbands and wives. The battle is raging. But we can see waving from the hill, Mount Calvary, that white flag that says, hold the fort, I am coming. And we thank you today, Lord, that because of Jesus, he has sent reinforcements that we can protect the ration of truth, the ration of faith, the ration of hope and courage, that we will refuse to give up and we will hold the fort in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, today we look back to find courage to look forward. We recognize those whose lives have been given, whose blood has been shed. If the battlefields could tell the stories, time would faint to hear of all those who face the barrage of the enemy. But yet they thought about us. They thought about the liberties of America, the freedom to speak and to vote and to, to assemble, the freedom of religion. They thought about us. And even as we sit here today, our skies are being patrolled. Our oceans are being protected. By land and by sea, our liberties are being guaranteed. But even more than those liberties that are temporary, we thank you that today, because of the hill called Mount Calvary, because of the empty tomb, because of our commander, Christ Jesus, who is now ministering in our behalf, the doors of salvation and liberty are still open today. We pray that we can hear the voice from that lonely hill, hold the fort. And Father, one day we look forward to meeting our commanding general face to face when we will hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Bless our school, bless our teachers, bless the students and the parents that are sacrificing. And may they know that this is not so much a sacrifice as it is an investment in the hearts and lives of young people that can grow up to know who Christ Jesus is. And thank you for this program today. We look back, but now we look forward to the day when we can meet you face to face in that glorious kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And amen.